Welcome to the Data Able Podcast, where Dave Mathias and Matt Jesser dive into data. Each week, they cover the culture, knowledge, and practices that successful organizations, leaders, and individuals use to get value out of data. Hey everyone, this is Dave Mathias with another episode of Data Able. Really happy to be back here in Minneapolis, but this week I had the opportunity to be at the Click Connections uh, 2019 event. And normally we try to not date the podcast, but obviously by just doing that, we're dating it a little bit. But really excited because there was just a ton of great energy around data literacy when we were down there. And so just had an opportunity to have so many good conversations, was able to meet a number of people that I interact with online, whether it's totally virtual or we've just talked online, uh, whether phone calls and such. And so really had the just amazing opportunity. And certainly uh, Jordan Morales, uh, he leads up their data leadership effort, had a number of great conversations with Jordan, actually had the opportunity to present with Jordan, it was fantastic. And also had the opportunity, uh, Ben Jones and Chantilly uh, had the opportunity to actually do a couple of small recordings with them. We're going to have them on for full episodes, but in the meantime, we also did a little bit of a uh, little small episodes with uh, them. Um, and I say we as uh, the, I guess, proverbial we, because it was just me down there. Unfortunately, Matt wasn't able to make this one. Uh, he had been at uh, Domo Palooza, though, uh, uh, maybe a month ago and had a really good time at that event, too. So, just a quick thing on some of the things that I had learned from the conference. And as a background, most of the sessions I did go to were around data literacy. So it was interesting because there were actually a few people that had actually, Jordan, I think at eight or nine uh, talks himself. And there was a few people that actually went to all of Jordan's talks, uh, and which is amazing. So those people really geeked out on data literacy. Uh, actually had a chance to talk with a couple of those folks uh, myself. And there was just a lot of other folks that were just uh, peeking their heads in. They weren't necessarily working on a day literacy effort. And one of the things that actually came up a number of times in side conversations was this concept around, you know, what do you call this? Uh, and we certainly, day literacy is a term that's been out there, but, you know, we've used the term data fluency or data fundamentals or what are the things that get people excited about wanting to learn and to make more and better data-informed decisions. So whatever those terms are, and those might be different for different parts of your organization, you might actually need to test different things to see what resonates better within your organization because maybe data literacy isn't as, as great for you know people who don't want to feel like they're illiterate. So had a number of conversations around that, which I think is valuable to understand uh, when you're thinking about doing these efforts because sometimes we put labels on things we get so used to things that we think there is nothing bad about it. But at the same time, others, you know, not so much. And they don't want to, especially if it's voluntary training in your organization, then they may not take it because they have, has a certain connotation or, or, or such. So at Connections, there was also, I had the opportunity to, uh, Renee McGregor, who we had on a previous episode number 23, she was also um, up from South Africa. So I was able to uh, reunite with her a little bit. Had a great picture with her and Jordan uh, right before the session that uh, Jordan and I were doing on the, on the last day of the conference. But some other things that I had learned when in the conversations around data literacy is there is a ton of energy in this space. And people are right now in that space where they're trying to figure out, okay, we know there's something here we need to do. What exactly is it? And that's where I think most people are here. There are some early movers certainly in the space, but a lot of organizations are trying to feel it out. And some organizations are really trying to go uh, sort of whole hog and they're trying to go and just do everything at once. And 
this is something we always strongly recommend ourselves just because, you know, doing everything at once is, is just, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I think the benefit of this, uh, this type of effort is, especially if you're a larger organization, is to take it and test and test and test and figure out what's right for your organization. And it's not a one size fits all. And that's one thing that, you know, a lot of conversations came up around because there's the whole idea of culture. And we all know our organizations have a certain culture. And we bet many of us have been to many organizations and you just have a really different feel uh, of culture at different organizations. And, and to be honest, even in the same organization, you have different feelings of culture, whether you're in finance or whether you're in HR. And many organizations have just many different forms of culture. And sometimes they're very drastic. Um, I've been with a couple organizations when you just almost think they're not the same company that you're in. And certainly culture can vary when you get to when you're in the public sector. And it's one thing I've worked in the public sector some. And it's amazing how different culture can vary in such a thing like that. So I think the the one theme that constantly happened, Jordan said this over and over again, and we couldn't agree more, is that you can't try to change culture, right? So when you're doing something around data and data, this whole data literacy effort is don't try to force culture changes. And knowing that you're not trying to force culture changes coming into it with that mindset is really important because if you're trying to be something you're not, then you're going to also fail. So one of those things that we try to say is uh, getting organizations to really understand themselves and be authentic with themselves. And based on that authenticity, they'll make better decisions. Not every company is the most innovative company, but yet everyone wants to think they're innovative. And not everyone is going to be bought in full bore that everyone in their organization be should be data literate and fully making uh, data informed decisions all the time. That's just not the case. So understanding what your organization is going to accept and what it is not going to accept and how you design this implementation. If you're in that process of designing uh, something around data literacy, designing what's right for your organization. So just a few things, and I'll actually share the presentation that uh, at least the the portion that I did, I will maybe I'm going to probably reach out to Jordan and see if she can share the area that he did in that presentation too. But, you know, we did a presentation around the data literacy journey. And the section that I did was around adoption because that is what matters, right? It doesn't matter if people are not adopting your data literacy journey. So the tips that I had given, and I'll just give the quick five level tips, and you can take a look at the linked presentation. And hopefully it also have another portion of it with uh, Jordan's uh, portion on the beginning of the data literacy journey about the, the data literacy. Uh, so the five tips, uh, one is create a plan and goals that are true to your culture. So just like I was saying before, you need to be true to your culture. You need to be authentic. And number two, establish your authentic data literacy principles. So I referenced one of my favorite books that's been a newer book is the book Principles by Ray Dalio. And I say to folks, if they don't want to buy the book and read the whole thing, uh, go online, find the 60 Minutes interview Ray Dalio had, and you're going to get a perspective of some of the things he's done, principles. But I do recommend that you buy the book. So when you're talking about principles, what is this? Well, think about your values. What do you believe in? How do you make decisions? And when you're talking about data, it's one of those things that, you know, what we need to do is make authentic data 
principles. And by doing so, you'll actually have something you'll be able to refer to. It's also something that you'll be able to let others know when they're coming into the organization, what are the data principles that are for your organization. This may start out, though, as your individual data principles. And then it becomes your teams, if you're a team leader, or your department, if you're a department leader. Or hopefully, eventually your organization has data principles that everyone in the organization is aligning with that that are the same type of data principles that you can refer to as an organization. So once again, it sort of goes to, you know, how do you actually spell out what principles that you value and it helps everyone else get on board and make the decisions in line with those principles. Three, have a combined bottoms up and top down approach. So oftentimes people, when they do these types of, whether it's a digital transformation or agile transformation or all these different types of things, whatever you want to call them, is they like to think, okay, well, as long as we have senior level buy-in, we're good. Well, that's just not the case. Something like data literacy and changing to data-informed decisioning means you need to have that bottoms-up approach just as much as that top-down. Now, we think that is sustained by having a data champion uh, group in your organization. So establishing those data champions and building a community around those to help, uh, you know, keep things going on. And those data champions are not senior level folks, right? These are your data champions. These are people that buy into it, believe it. They're also people that are good at helping others and they want to, you know, help spread the word around your organization. So number four is constantly incentivize deliberate data informed thinking. So there's a lot of things that can be done here. And this is the case where it's, okay, you need to test. You're going to test things and certain things will work and certain things will not. But you also probably have some experiences from prior things of what things tend to work in your organization or not. So just a recommendation is to investigate what others have done in these transformations to you know, incentivize people and what has worked better and what has not is, is a good thing. But then like say, this is a case where you're going to have to try a lot of things, test a lot of things. This is the carrots and the sticks that you're going to try to, but to get people on board is not just as simple as doing some workshops, run it through the whole organization, and then boom, you're good. You have a data-informed decisioning uh, culture. That's not going to happen like that. So the the data literacy effort takes a lot more than that. It takes uh, sustained effort. And lastly, you need to bring people to the table and establish a community. So bring people to the table, that really means not only engaging people actively, bring whether it's uh, creating different stakeholder committees uh, that will have buy-in to the, and, and representation in this whole process, but it also requires how are you communicating, and not just one-way communication, but how are you taking communication back and incorporating it into whatever efforts you're doing. So bring together that communication, bringing the right people to the table, and not uh, excluding, uh, but rather including. And at the same time, you don't want to have, you know, a thousand people in the same meeting. That's not a good use of time. But you also don't want to be excluding, uh, cert- like certainly any divisions, like every division should have people that are representing that area in the table, in the discussion, uh, in one form or another. And then when we talked a little bit about establishing a community, but certainly just reemphasizing that you need to establish a community. What is that data champion community? What does that look like? How do you keep it flourishing? Keep it going. It's just, it's something that takes effort. It's something that 
it needs to be supported. It's it's not going to be something that you're going to say, well, okay, what's that ROI on that community? I'm going to have to measure things out. I think some organizations, they put something in place like this. And after a couple of years, it's like, okay, now they look at it as like, well, we're spending some money here. Maybe we can cut here. If you really believe that data literacy and data informed decisioning matter, this is not the place to cut. And so you need to support that. So these are just a few tips um, that I had shared at Connections. Certainly, I'm sure, you know, we don't know everything. We're still in this journey learning ourselves. So appreciate anyone else that has additional things that they would add to the list. But these are the things that we uh, think are important and shared at Connections. But in a whole, you know, it was just great to see a lot of energy at Connections. One of the things that uh, Click has, and Click's been really one of the, the strong leaders in the space. There's um, certainly Tableau has a huge, great reputation, does some amazing things, creating a community of energized people and Alteryx and all these organizations and Domo and others that are really doing some really powerful things. But Click has really put uh, their money where their mouth is, and they have put a lot of effort into things around data literacy and creating the data literacy project. And so it's something that we're, you know, we're going to try to uh, contribute to their new uh, forum that they have created that's open to anyone. So one of the things that you'll hear in the later interview, if you're listening till the end, you'll hear Ben and Ben Jones and I talking. And one of the most popular discussions on that new data literacy project forum was actually around podcast. Uh, so people have a lot of energy around that. But there's, you can ask any question there. You can contribute there. It's not a pay-to-play site to, you know, um, contribute if you're a person that offers services. At the same time, you want to be thinking about the community and you want to be giving more than you're trying to get. So anyone that is offering services, make sure to remember that and, and participate in the community in a respectful way. So whichever way works, um, do strongly encourage you to take a look there and really hope you enjoy the interviews coming up with Ben and Chantilly at the, right after this. Like I say, we'll have future episodes, longer episodes. And if you're doing an event coming up where you'd like to have uh, either Matt or myself participating and we'd love to be part of your, your event, if you're talking anything around data and data literacy, that makes sense to our audience because we just find that this is such a important area for everyone. And and what I'd hope, like Gentelli, I'd ask that question, where, where, where does she see, see things in a few years? What I would like to see in 10 years from now is that, K through 12 has solved this problem, that this is no longer an issue that needs to be thought about in the professional atmosphere. This is solved. And, you know, there's tons of other problems for all of us to work on. But it is something that I think all of us would be better if this was a K through 12 problem that was solved, especially I I say middle school is where I'd like to see this placed. Actually going to have an interview coming up. uh, Hopefully in in a few weeks, uh, we're going to be interviewing and then it'll probably be not till midsummer when it comes out, but Catherine Degazio, who's uh, done some stuff with DataBasic. Uh, So if you're uh, just looking at stuff and you're a middle school teacher or maybe that age group, maybe uh, Google DataBasic and learn more about some of the stuff that they have done that really is aimed at more that uh, younger uh, demographic. It certainly can be applied to an older demographic, but it was done in a form uh, that will help spread that this to a younger audience. So hope you enjoy the rest of this with my interviews with Ben and Chantilly and have a good day. Hey everyone, this is Dave Mathias live from Connections. Well, not really live, taping it live, but you'll get this later. Anyways, I got Ben Jones here with me today, and Ben and I have uh, sort of been digital pals as we're both in this data literacy space, but today uh, Ben and I are both here at Connections, and we actually had breakfast together, got to, you know, chat more, 
Ben, welcome to the Data Able Podcast. Thanks a lot, Dave. It's great to be on the show. I listen to this podcast all the time and have been following you and Matt for, for quite a while now. So nice to finally meet you. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Excellent. So stalking each other from afar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. now, now we're able to meet in person. And, and unfortunately, Matt's not here with me at Connections, but he uh, is back in Minneapolis, but we're in beautiful Dallas. There's a lot of good things here at Connections around data literacy that are occurring. Tell me a little bit more about what brings you, Ben, to Connections. Yeah, sure. So it's fun to be at a Click event. I've been at Tableau for so long. Um, so I got asked to be on the advisory board of the Data Literacy Project, which is a recently launched project that Click just announced that is really focused on helping people learn the language of data, which is really well connected to my business and, and its goals. And so uh, there's going to be a panel discussion today about the topic of data literacy with myself and some of the other advisory board members. So, so that's the reason for my trip. Awesome. Well, and you're, you're down here and there's a lot of great sessions. There's a lot of great energy around data literacy. And tell me a little bit more about, like you said, it's, it's also tied into what your business does. Tell me a little bit more about what you do, because people probably know you more from your Tableau days. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> sure. that, what's up so speed? I left Tableau in December, um, and I launched Data Literacy at dataliteracy.com with the goal to help people speak the language of data. So um, the goal of the business right now is really to, as we grow, begin to work with companies and organizations, some government agencies as well, and also publicly available courses for people to just begin to understand better how to read and interpret charts and graphs, dashboards, also how to get their hands dirty and work with data and clean it up and analyze it. And, and I think there's a huge need also around presenting uh, data well. And so those are programs I'm working on at the moment while I finish a couple books that I'm working on as well. So this has really given me a chance to start to build some of the resources I think are going to be helpful for people who don't maybe necessarily want to learn like how to use a specific tool really well, which I think is important, but also they just need to understand like the concepts and how to think about working with data, how to, you know, what are some of the pitfalls to avoid, things like that. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and, and so we were talking about this earlier and we were talking like how the tools have been enhanced so much and there's there's so much that whether it's click or whether it's tableau or when any of these tools are out there yeah. but they really allow people to do so much more with data if they have that knowledge around it where do you think that some of the big skill gaps are for individuals to harness the power of these tools yeah um so i think for those of us in our mid-career and beyond you know we didn't go to college and learn how to do analysis and learn how to work with data to the degree that we need to learn how to work with it at this point in time. And so I think the knowledge gap is related to concepts, basic statistical foundations, ways to work with data. So there's a knowledge gap there around the concepts and, and the, the formulas and the stats. There's also a skill gap around all the tools and how to actually work with them, especially as you get with you know, situations where you have more and more data. There's a technical challenge there. So that's another one. But then it's just like also the people challenge, right? There's a gap around how does all this relate to, like why does it matter? And what is our company actually doing with this? And how do I interact with people in my organization that have a wide range of skills and ability to understand how do I reach out to them and connect? And how do I uh, present effectively and tell data stories. So those are, I think, some of the things, that, at least at the beginning here, what I'm hearing people asking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly we, 
those are all huge gaps and I guess the question is is how do people really you know close those gaps I mean mm -hmm. how do people um, identify and certainly things that we're both doing are, are geared towards that yeah but but you know if you're a company and you're looking to, to make a transformation how do you go in as a company and say hey I my, my people don't have that knowledge yeah. that I need and of course there's the ability to say well we're gonna bring people in and just easy button let's do some workshops let's you mm -hmm. know crank up a bunch of training and voila but yeah. you know like you're getting to is a lot of this does become a people element and I would even say some of it is like an organizational design and how you have organizations work around data yeah what's some advice when you're talking to companies about how to harness that yeah because I think the training piece I really agree with what you're saying. What, what's resonating with me about it is that the training piece needs to be part of a, like a broader initiative to change the company's culture and the way they do things. You can't just run a bunch of training programs and don't also do the necessary community-based initiatives or data accessibility pieces, right? Um, otherwise, that can be very frustrating for the employees because you train them up on tools, but maybe they don't even have access to data, mm -hmm. you know, so then what good is it, right? That's just yeah. frustrating for them. So I do, I do think training needs to be a part of a broader a strategy to allow a company to more effectively make use of their data. Um, so that's one thing I would say is have it be part of a broader strategy. Yeah. I also like the idea, like you're saying, too, of, of making it custom and really making it their own having their own trainers, having their own people that own it and buy into it and, and deploy it, as opposed to you know bring in an army of people that are just going to roll through the whole company and check a bunch of boxes. I think you know to the degree that they can look at it and say, okay, how does this program work for us? What matters the most to us? And then how can we make sure we have people deployed throughout the company that know how to teach it, yes. that know how to take someone that's new? Because what happens when you're done with your training program and then you bring someone on board the next month? Mm -hmm. How do they learn? How do they get incorporated? into this way of doing things. So at the company level, I think that's what's important. Um, at the individual level, it's different, right? Because like you're saying, maybe they're finding themselves in a situation with so much data, they don't know what to do with it. They feel like they're kind of you know, being left behind. They can go back to school and get a master's degree. On the other end of the spectrum, they can watch a bunch of YouTube videos and patch together their own little, which some people love and yeah. you know more parts to them. I think there's a whole bunch of solutions now in the, the middle there, mm -hmm. right? And then we're starting to see even universities roll out certificate programs. We're seeing companies like ours come in with programs that are lighter weight, but also in depth. And there's also these, you know, uh, for-profit education companies like Coursera, like Udacity, mm -hmm. that are offering smaller, you know, nano-degree type programs that I think people are finding really useful. I mm -hmm. mean, they're well-built, they help them learn the skills, and they don't necessarily involve the same price and time commitment that a master's degree would. So mm -hmm. those are really effective for a lot of people. Yeah, the just-in-time learning is, is yeah. something that you're, you're hearing more and more. And, and the challenge, of course, is, is also leaders and because and, we're all, you know, we grew up in a different system. So right. uh, for, uh, for leaders to understand the value of those programs and where, you know, what skills do you really need for this position. Um, I'm seeing more and more uh, companies using things like uh, game testing, like uh -huh. McKinsey is using in part of their hiring process. Um, a big part is actually having you go through uh, a game-based mm -hmm. thing to understand, like you know how curious, how you know problem-solving, those types of things, like from a from a testing perspective, to say you know is this person right, as opposed to a traditional interview process where you're like, you yeah, know, is this person like that? Yeah, I think so. Everybody's trying to figure out how do I make sure I, I recruit and and uh, attract data talent. Yes. And how do I know it when I'm interviewing someone, right? So I think yeah, the skills part of it, it's hard to have a conversation, and everybody can put 
a software product or a programming language on their resume if they've just barely touched the surface of it. So I think those ways of really giving them a challenge, I know we did that a lot when I was hiring into the Tableau public team is give them the data set, you know, tell them come back in a week and show us what you've got, what'd you find, present it to us, explain it to us, tell us what was challenging, what did you enjoy. Uh, that's a lot of time commitment for someone that's going through an interview process, but if they're willing to do it, uh, you know, and they don't certainly don't have to, but if they're willing to, you can learn a lot from actually having them do something uh, like that that's more uh, showing what they can do as opposed to just talking about it. Yeah, that yeah. much more hands-on. Uh, yep. Well, cool. Well, so we're going to have you on a full Data Able podcast, yeah, but before wait. we do that, I mm -hmm. still want to ask you a couple of these questions that we've asked others. Uh, sure. We're not going to get into all of them. You'll have some more, but okay. so if you were a data visualization, what would you be? If I if I was a data viz, yeah, I'm a scatter plot. I'm all over the place. That's nice. I, that's how I am. So all there's nothing the wrong with scatter plots. Okay. Hopefully, there's a good outlier in there somewhere. I don't know. So, and, and what's what's a, a good book or a good online course or something that you've been uh, you either doing now or you just did recently that you'd recommend to others? It doesn't have to be a data one. It could be a data one. Yeah. Okay. So you mean like one I've taken? One you've taken. Or it could be a new or book you've read, something recent yeah. that you've done that you're, or maybe you're doing it now. Yeah, I really like this book, Info We Trust, by R.J. Andrews. Um, it's a real fresh take on the entire space, and I love it. I would recommend you picking it up. Uh, it's hardcover. It just released a few months ago, I think. I would recommend that one. I know people are always trying to learn, and, and one of the reasons why they're listening to podcasts like this is, yeah. you know, you got to learn. So, and, yeah. and speaking, of, like we were talking podcasts before. Yeah. What's a podcast that you uh, recommend? Yeah, for I really love Allie Torben. She does this uh, pr program called Data Viz Today. Okay. She's got a, such a cool podcast. You know, she'll go through and um, talk about a project that was done or a technique that she learned. She's really good. They're very short. I think maybe only 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, really easy to listen to. Her production quality is really, really high. So that's one I really heavily recommend. I also like the Data Crunch podcast. Um, and that one's a fun one to listen to. Yours I've yeah. put into my regular routine as well. Data Able, I love this one. You ever um, listen to uh, Gary Anderson's uh, Measurement in a Minute? It's no, like I've one, never heard one, of one it. One to two minute one. Two minute? Uh, okay. We've had him speak at a couple events here in Minneapolis. He's actually out of, I think he's out of... San Francisco, or he's out of California, I think San Francisco, but it's a, a good one because it's only like a minute or two. Right. Really good nuggets. He measurement in a minute. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, check yeah. that out. A measurement yeah. minute, or uh, I think like measurement that. minute. We'll put so it he, it's like notes. a literally like a sixty second kind 60, of a deal. Yeah, it's sometimes maybe seventy seconds, but it right. like stays right in that thing, and there's cool. and it's a, a very size. defined yeah, and it's mm -hmm. it's a couple of week, and he does so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll check that one out. Yeah, there's so many great ones are coming out left and right. Obviously, I love Data Stories by Moritz Stefaner and Enrico Bertini. That's a great one. There's a bunch of them now. In fact, I think there was just the Data Literacy Project, which I mentioned before I was here as a part of their, mm -hmm. uh, their, uh, their, their launch. They just launched a community forums page. And on that, there was a question on there, what are the great data podcasts? Yes. So if you go into the data, pro data Literacy Project community site... You'll find on that discussion thread yeah, one some, where people are just listing great podcasts one after another. It was the so. most active, I think, of the forum yeah. questions that I saw. I was like, oh, that's People get real passionate about their podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, my God, this is my show. I love listening to it. <laughs> so putting it on there. Yeah, so people are really kind of popping up. I'm learning all kinds yeah, of yeah, yeah. popping out of the woodwork there. So. And, and we're learning how challenging audio can be. It's funny. So Ben and I, <laughs> we've been here. This is probably the fifth place we've tried to record. And even now, it's not going to be perfect, folks. That's right. We're, we're live yeah, at a conference. Live. But true. at the same time, uh, we don't have airplanes down in the background. No, we I were in the country music is country music slow. Yeah, country music is not as loud right now. Yeah. We're not rocking out here. Yeah. Um, 
but we were definitely in, I felt like we were in a, in a landing zone there for a while. So. <laughs> cool. So well, thanks, we Ben. Yeah, and thank uh, great to meet you in person. And Likewise. we'll have you on, like say, in an episode where we'll, we'll get the full, full Ben Jones. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm back. This is Dave Mathias, Data Able at Connections 2019. Right now I have Chantilly Jagannath, and I'm sure I butchered that somehow, but we were just <laughs> joking about that. Um, but, you know, welcome, Chantilly. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Dave. And so we just met, I think yesterday was the first time yeah. we met in person, right? Um, but you're you're obviously a big presence online. You're, you're well-known, and, and you're the Zen master. You're not wearing the black belt today, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's in spirit, but I can, I can, I can sense it. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and, and what brought you here at Connections. Awesome. Um, so I'm a part of the Data Literacy Projects uh, Advisory Board. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Jordan Morrow about maybe a year ago. Uh, I started my work with Millennials and Data, organization that's dedicated to bridging the data literacy gap uh, among millennials in general. And Jordan just so happened to, I guess, run across our website, our information on Twitter, and one Sunday he sent a ridiculously long email. <laughs> and um, But, but I, I loved everything that he was speaking about because Jordan's a millennial himself. and. It was at that point that I started uh, recognizing more of the work that he was doing around the, the project. And long story short, we stayed in, in contact over the, the course of the, the few months. And he asked if I would be a part of the advisory board. And I said, you know, of course, because this is something that I'm really dedicated to, especially with one of the goals of the advisory board being able to um, or trying to get um, data literacy into the mainstream curriculum. I mm -hmm. think that's their, their last point. So I was like, of course I'll be on it, and Jordan invited me to speak on the panel uh, yesterday, the data literacy panel uh, around why businesses should start to focus more on data literacy and things of that nature. Yeah, it makes just a lot of sense. And and, and when I know millennials and data now we're already talking Gen Z for next generation. Yeah. But I think you know because you when you talk millennials and data, you'll actually really sixteen to twenty four ish, yeah. right? Range? So I, millennials, I. I I, when originally when I started, it was because I was a millennial running oh, exactly, a data exactly. company, so it was, and my team were all millennials, so mm -hmm. that was where the millennials and data came yeah. from, and then I really liked the hashtag, hashtag yeah, yeah. mad. mad. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not mad at all. You're no, exactly. Way, <laughs> um, so, so that's really where it came from, but our, our target population are really high schoolers, mm -hmm. um, college students, so university students as well, and then the entry-level analysts, the, the students who are going right into the workforce. Yeah, we were just talking uh, that you're doing your first high school boot camp this summer. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing there? Yeah, so so we're really excited to launch our first high school boot camp uh, down in, in Washington, D.C. at Howard University's uh, School of Business. And really the goal for the high school boot camp is to teach students data fundamentals over the course of three days. So the way that we have it broken out is we have industry speakers that will come in and talk about how they use data within their respective industries. And because we're working with a, a younger generation, we're targeting industries that they're most familiar with. So the sports industry, 
the music industry uh, and what's the last one? Oh, social media as well so we'll have a speaker that comes in that talks about how they use data in these respective industries and then we want the speaker to introduce a business problem that the students will then be tasked to solve so before we actually you know dump data on these students we're going to walk them through some of the fundamentals you know what is data how is it structured uh, where can you find data when you get data how do you start to collect it in relation to the business problem that was framed earlier how do you combine and aggregate data and then the the latter part of the day the students would then be able to now visualize and answer the questions that were presented to them in the beginning so there'll be three dashboards hopefully that come out of it um and just lots of fun yeah a lot of, and lots of good growth and energy yeah. around this and it's such an important thing i mean especially catching them when they're in high school and if, if you're looking at it later this summer and you're saying what what success look like after this program that yeah. you hope these students will benefit and change their lives yeah, so success looks like the students continue to use data to understand data. Uh, once we finish the camp, we're looking to open or start chapters, small chapters um, that are dedicated to smaller workshops on the weekend. So we would love for these students to then matriculate into those those workshops and participate in those, those free workshops mm -hmm. and continue to learn more and more about data. And then hopefully when they go off to college, they're data champions as well and they're teaching their friends and so on and so forth now going to and you're doing it at Howard like are you able to get I know one of the things talking about yesterday is trying to get uh, more data literacy in curriculums mm -hmm. um, in those at the university level can you talk a little bit more and, and in not in a obviously an engineering or area yeah. that that you would expect that but in those those whether it's something in the English lit or some other yeah. area that you wouldn't necessarily expect to tell a little bit more about what you're doing there so we have several programs that, that work with universities and, as you mentioned, non-technical non -technical students and, and programs. And really the goal is to help the students who are majoring in, say, business or just finance or marketing understand ways that they can incorporate data into those respective majors. So we have boot camps that run for participants and on the application we ask of course, you know, what what are you what's your background in? What are you majoring in? Things like that. And that's because when they're in our boot camps, we show them a wide range of industries that they can that they can use this in. So our cohorts, we don't just have students who are in finance or just in marketing. We have students from from all different majors, all different backgrounds, and we just really show them from, from A to Z how to understand data regardless of the industry that you're in. So it's not a, a specific, it's not it's not just for technical students, it's not, it's not just for statisticians or data scientists. We, we try to show them that data is a language for everyone. And how much are getting teachers to actually implement this into their regular curriculum as opposed to sort of as an add-on to go through it? How hard is that to, have you, have you had any luck in that? We, we've had luck, and, and the way that we've seen it work so far is we have these 10 to 15 students that, that come in. The university pays for the students to, to get trained and go through the boot camps. And then what we've noticed is that the students go on to be our champions, and they'll go back to their universities and, and rage about, you know, how awesome the program was. A lot of students will go off to get internships and things, and the companies that they work for, uh, the, the they will actually go back to the school and say, you know, I had one of your students who knew data, knew um, how to analyze data without us having to train them, and now the schools are like, okay, we don't just want this for 
10 to 15 of our students, we want you to help us uh, matriculate this into a curriculum for all of our students. So that's kind of where we come into the schools and we look at what is a, a course that most students have to take or all students have to take. I know when I was in at Howard University, every student had to take uh, quantitative business analysis and business orientation. So we try to work with schools and determine what's the course that every single freshman has to take and now how can we place data into that course. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's great. So any any uh, have you done any A-B testing? Right away my mind goes to that's a great opportunity to test how students perform throughout their school if you do some A-B testing. Have you done any of that where you're understanding who went through uh, the program and who didn't uh, with, with that kind of influence and, and how they how they ended up doing in college and getting jobs even after college? We, we haven't gotten that that far yeah. just yet. I know, um, I'm nerding out too much. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, no, we're, we're definitely looking to, to get to, to that place, but I can say that everyone who has gone through our boot camp graduates with either a full-time job or an internship really they they graduate with multiple jobs at their fingertips at that point once they start to put on their resumes that they're data literate that they Mm -hmm. know data even though they're just majoring in finance or insurance or Mm -hmm. marketing Um, and then all of our students also have portfolios so that's another neat thing that comes out of it because they're actually able to show visualizations and walk their interviewers through a process a business process that they were presented with in our boot camp and and show them the steps that they took to solve that Mm -hmm as well as present them with a visualization to show for it. And I know as a student, um, having something that speaks for your work, mm-hmm. you know, more than just a resume is is definitely going to help you get you the job. Yeah, and especially like you're talking about being able to speak to it and also being able to present it. It's at multiple aspects where when you look at the, the job mm-hmm. postings, it's it's hitting on a number of things. Yeah. So, uh, so that's really cool. And we're at a conference where there's a lot of discussion around data literacy. Yeah. What nugget or nuggets have come out of, you know, being here? Here. And I know you've you've been busy between doing work and also being at the conference. So, any any nuggets that you you learned from somebody else in conversations or from one of the sessions today you can share? Yeah, I've I've been learning learning so so much here. This is a very humbling conference, <laughs> <laughs> but energetic too. Yeah, right? like, yeah. humbling, and energetic. There are so many smart <laughs> individuals here mm-hmm. um, that you know kind of like really are passionate about data literacy and understand and know like what they're doing um i was in jordan's session yesterday and what stuck out was he were he was talking about how organizations needed to have four things in order to be data literate and succeed with data um and i actually I actually took some notes on them and pulled up my notes really quickly to to talk about some of them. He he said uh, descriptive. So you have to, of course, have reporting. As mm-hmm. much as sometimes I hate reporting, it's a must for a business to just have their operational reporting and mm-hmm. understanding. Then they have to have the diagnostic side of it. They have to have uh, predictive and prescriptive as well. And he went to, it was during his insight versus observation. Mm-hmm. Um, talk where he went into what's the difference between an insight versus an observation. And I think, in this this data world, we're so used to just making observations and not really taking it a step further and finding insight from that. So I would say Jordan's session yesterday cool. really resonated with me. Awesome, yeah. And I think I was in four of Jordan's sessions yesterday. So yeah, he was, so, he was back to back. Yeah, he, he's he's all over the place. And yeah, and yeah him and I are doing uh, one next week or next tomorrow that yeah. I'm, I'm excited about. And so we, we're both in this data literacy space. Where do you hope to see this space in a few years from now? That two to three years out where what's your hope of of where things will be 
would say in a, in a couple of years or a few years out um, that I would like to see the industry understand more about like what data literacy is. I know we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, people hear literacy and they think, oh, I'm not data illiterate. Yeah. So it feels bad. Yeah. Like, like, like I know how to speak. Like, I know yeah. how to, like I've it, done math like, when I was young. Exactly. <laughs> I know how to open a spreadsheet, yeah. but, but it's just so much more than that. And I would like to see the industry put more of a spotlight on it instead of like the negativity that comes with it sometimes like you mm -hmm. hear you you hear illiterate and, and you shy away from it and you have to play with words when it comes to saying data literacy and so i would like to see businesses focus more on the positive side of having a, a data literate workforce and it actually being like data is a hot topic right now let's make data literacy an even hotter topic Cool. Well, I know we're, we're almost out of time because you have to run off yeah. and we're going to get booted from this room in a little bit. But I did want to ask a question or two. We're, we're going to do a full interview and Matt's uh, with us yeah. too. Uh, but a couple quick questions for you, since especially from a Tableau Zen master. I like to, yeah. you know, so, so, okay, first question we got here for you. So if you were a data viz, what data viz would you be? Uh, a story <laughs> like a, an infographic so you're complex yeah you have to really read know the details know what you're looking at not the interact and not the, the interactive type of visualization but I'm more I'm more of a story you have to uh, there's a there's a beginning and then as you continue on you learn more and more about it and then realize the conclusion closer to yeah. that so I'm more of a, and more of an infographic cool cool and so if you know one of the things people are always looking for I mean they're listening to a podcast because they're trying to learn more they're you know they, they like this topic if you're going to recommend anything for people to learn more in the data space whether it's a book whether it's a podcast whether it's whatever what would that be what would you recommend them to go after and consume so I, um, so I'm, I'm an avid learner. I love free resources. I've taken a bunch of courses on Udacity and Coursera. So if you're looking to actually be hands-on and learning some of this stuff, I think those two, those two places are really great. I read a lot of books and just do a lot of research in general mm -hmm. on Google. I Google everything. I'm a millennial. <laughs> like everything's on the internet for me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Coursera, there's uh, there, the PW. See Price Waterhouse Coopers. Yeah. They have a good sort of like intro, like intro consultant. Yeah, and, and it's it's Excel based, which is great. I yeah, mean, uh, people are using Excel a lot. Like I know people get yeah. upset about that, but um, and I thought that was really good. They did yeah. a very solid job in Coursera. Is there any particular course in Coursera that you'd recommend? I would actually recommend on Udacity. They have a, a nano degree. They're mm -hmm. business analyst nano oh, cool. degree. Um, but if you don't want to pay the, I think it's $500, maybe if you don't want to pay the $500 and you want to get a taste of what's in there, they have a few intro to data analytics courses that I would recommend taking because they walk you through the different types of analytics that are out there. They walk you through the data analytics framework. and the, um, So I would, I would recommend those courses because of course, sometimes you want to see what you're going to get before you spend money. Mm -hmm. And I found their courses to be, to be quite helpful. Cool. Well, it's been awesome having you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, glad we met in person, yeah. and uh, we, are, we apparently we are both knew each other from afar. Yeah. And we're like interacting. <laughs> we were talking about each of us stalking each other yeah. from, from our, 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 our. So look forward to having you on a full version. We're gonna have a lot tougher questions then, but uh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> have a good one, Chantel. All right, so thank you. 
The Data Able Podcast is produced by Dave Mathias and Matt Jesser and made possible by Beyond the Data. At Beyond the Data, we are on a mission to help high-performing individuals successfully become champions for a more data-driven approach in their organizations. We believe that data science is only part of the equation. Getting value out of data requires building a culture that starts with you, is supported by executives, and trickles down to every facet of your organization. You can learn more about Beyond the Data and our approach at gobeyondthedata.com. Thank you.